World's Finest Podcast, Episode 38. Your host, James Doe, and with me as always is the incomparable Michael David Sims. Hello. How's it going, sir? It's okay. It's okay. Um, I'd ask you the same, but I don't know if you want to um, reveal more bad news. The bad news you told me before the show started. Well, I mean, there's just too much to list, really. It, yeah. If you want to know about what happened to me during Anime Week in Atlanta, you can look on the forums, and uh, then you, because I'm not going to repeat it on the air here. No. Um, I was more it, specifically referring to the other thing we were talking about. Yeah, and I lost my Creative Zen MP3 oh. player, and uh, I have no idea where it is. It may have been stolen, for all I know. Yeah. Uh, so, <sighs> yeah, it's just more more stuff happening to me that I really don't like and or need to happen. Yeah. I hate to, I hate to laugh. I hate to laugh. I no, know. it's it's really at this point it is almost comical about the kind of stuff that happens to me lately. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all you can do. I mean, it's, you know, I've, unless unless you're going to totally end up wallowing in self-pity, all you can kind of do is laugh at some of your misfortune, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's nothing I can do for you, and so I, I just kind of have to laugh <laughs> myself because I feel bad, you know? Well. It's not like I'm like, whoa, James is having bad luck again. It's yeah, you that. mustache twirler, you. Right, it's, it's more that, oh, I feel so bad for the guy kind of laugh, you know. Yeah, but uh, nevertheless, my uh, AWA review is very lighthearted, as the uh, as my previous one was that I published a couple years ago. So you'll, it'll it'll be a fun little read. Yeah, in fact, it will hit Earth2.net the same day that this episode of World's Finest Podcast hits the site. Ooh, very nice. So, yeah, if you're listening to the show on the 1st of October 2008, go to the main page of Earth2.net, and uh, you'll see James's coverage of Anime Weekend Atlanta. If you're not seeing it, that's just because I haven't posted it yet. That's all, because uh, I'll post the podcast, and then a few hours later, I'll post the article. So just wait a few hours, and then it'll be there. Trust me. And it's a very funny read. It really is. (laughs) I try. I mean, I had to interject some tranquil tirades type stuff in there. Uh Uh-huh. But, but you know, no more teasing. I'll let you all read it on Wednesday. It's it is a fun little read. No, there's gonna. I'm gonna tease. I'm gonna tease one okay. more thing. Okay. There might be. Oh, I know what you're about yes. to say. <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot. You know what? I'm not even gonna say anything about it because <laughs> I want people to read it. <laughs> yes, especially WFP listeners. They might yeah. want to. They might uh, like or dislike it. <laughs> Depending here's, on which side of the um, aisle they fall on, there. Right, that's all we're saying. But here's the point where I actually am twirling my mustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so of course we should say this is our recap episode of Superman the Animated Series and uh, Batman Gotham Knights. Yes, um, yes, yes. So that said, uh, it's not going to be a normal episode, of course. We are going to talk about some episodes, uh, but that's just going to be the episodes that we're going to rescore. But before we get to that, how about we hit some email? 
first one today is from TJ, who wrote us in our last episode, uh, and he talked about uh, he and his nephew liking Flash comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and we asked him uh, what specifically li- he liked about it, and here's his response. Hello, guys. One of the main reasons my, my nephew and I like the Flash comics is because the Flash is a family man who has to juggle saving the city and paying the bills, and that is an interesting dynamic we rarely see in comics. I'm surprised to hear that there aren't many people who want to hear about the Zeta Project. I like it. I thought it was a pretty good show. Uh, what I liked most about it was the fact that Zeta was a machine built to do harm but chose not to because he didn't want to hurt anyone, which I thought was very cool and a good standard to live by. And the show also reminds me of the old Hulk show with Bill Bixby that my parents got me hooked on when they started uh, showing reruns back in the late 90s. Thanks for the great podcast, guys. TJ. <laughs> well, two things. I'll start with Zeta first. You know... We record episode 37, right? And what do I say in episode 37, James, about the Zeta Project? Um, the fact that... <laughs> it most likely will never come out on DVD simply because there isn't a big enough fan following. Okay, before the show was posted, but after James and I recorded it, what news hit the internet? Well... Um, the fact that Zeta is coming out on DVD sometime in 2009. <laughs> so I was mistaken, but I'm glad I was mistaken because I want to see all of the DCAU on DVD, even those yeah. shows that people aren't too keen on. It should all be out there because there should be some sort of permanent record that there was a cohesive cartoon universe somewhere and we should never be missing any portion of it whether it was liked or disliked in my opinion so thank you to warner brothers for putting that out on dvd and thank you for proving me wrong there okay getting to the flash i'd like to know uh how tj feels about um the the news about the flash uh the the big rumor of course is that wally west will not be the flash in um the coming months after Final Crisis. Um, He's going to have a name change and a costume change, and he will be leaving the book, and it will go back to former Flash Barry Allen, who is back after having been dead for over 20 years, or quote-unquote dead. You know, comic book deaths are never permanent. Um, So chances are that whole family dynamic will will go away from the Flash book. So I'd like to know what uh, he and his nephew uh, feel about that. Uh, next one is from Nick, who writes, Hello, Mike and James. Before I go into WFP, I did listen to your review of Batman 1989 on Earth2.net. Funny, but I stopped listening to it because even hey. though... The- even though the Nolan films are the best, I still hold the Tim Burton films a special place in my heart as part of my childhood for being the correct tone for the character, not the pal, zap, and wham version that Mike openly admires. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't openly admire it. I... Appreciate it. I, I appreciate it for what it is. I'm torn about that show because I, it did permanently stain comic books and Batman specifically. Um, he is stuck with that pow, bam, zap kind of thing, um, as all comic books are. But at the same time, you know, that is how the Batman comics were back in that day. So they were a pretty good adaptation of them. Um,. So, yeah, I, I hate the fact that this stigma has stuck, but at the same time, it was a pretty true adaptation, and if you just accept it for what it was, they're kind of fun. But I don't openly admire them. That That's going a bit too far. I can <laughs> sit down and enjoy them, however. 
Okay. He continues by saying, I try to bury those into the abyss of my soul. (laughs) I was terrified of the Burton films as a kid, and I literally ran out of the theater when Batman Returns came out. Uh, About the last episodes of WFP, in Legacy, I have to disagree with Mike that the episode should not have ended on an upbeat. Uh, Superman's world needed to be rocked to the core, almost beyond repair. In Secret Origins of Justice League, I take his speech at the UN that uh, since that time he was still trying to regain humanity's trust. While you dislike Supergirl, she's also a much stronger character in JLU. On Gotham Nights, I was watching Critters at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. While it's not the greatest episode, the music is chilling. Reminds me of M. Night Shamhammer's <laughs> <laughs> the last suspense movie that made me jolt. While Legends of the Dark Knight is good, I disagree with people's opinions on the Have I Got a Story for You short in Batman Gotham Knight, where I look uh, where I look at it as a story within the world, not just a showcase of the character's decade history. Like always, you guys have problems with some of my favorites, like Girls' Night Out. Actually, I was the one that really had problems with that one, not so much Mike. Yeah, I scored that an 8. Yeah, I think I scored that one a 6, maybe. Um, le- I, I've got my list open here. Let me see. Girls' Night Out, you scored, yes, a 6. Yes. It was better than average for me, but I had a lot of problems with it. In response to James' statement in chemistry that there was no uh, su- uh, subtlety of Bruce being seduced by Susan, uh, there was, towards the end of the balcony scene, there's a close-up of Bruce's face where his eyes, instead of being light blue, were light green. Um, about Judgment Day, uh, the music is once again uh, superb. Yes, that's I, I completely agree. That's That was my one big positive note about the, that episode, was that the music was fantastic. Uh, some interesting trivia about Beware the Creeper. Bruce Timm said that the version was the original vision for Freakazoid had they went in a more serious, darker direction. Mad Love is the best Harley episode, period, just like The Laughing Fish is to the Joker. Just had to throw that in. Lastly, I think you should mention about the confusion I had with the mystery of the Batwoman reviewing on air from the forums. Besides that, I will never watch that movie again. Only the Chase Me uh, short on YouTube. Anyway, peace out. Um, what does he mean about the I don't know. confusion? Um, let me go to the Earth2.net forums and see what we're dealing with here, because I, I honestly don't remember. Here, Yeah, here we go. I still don't understand why this movie was reviewed. This movie was released in 2003, so so was it oh, right. before that? Because when that came out on DVD, Justice League had been around, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it, it just boils down to the fact that, yes, most of these were trying to do in production order, but this one, just timeline-wise, it made sense for us to cover it at the end of Gotham Knights instead of after the, when we've already started Justice League. So it just it just fit in. It's the same reason we did uh, Sub-Zero when we did. That was made, what, when Gotham Knights was already on the air, right? Right. But it was done in the old Batman the Animated Series style, so we covered it with Batman the Animated Series and not Gotham Lights, excuse me, not Gotham Knights, because it just made more sense. That's all. Next one is from Dimitri, who writes, Hello there, Mike and James. I have a lot to get off my shoulders, so here it goes. First of all, your review of Mystery of the Batwoman was much more entertaining and more enjoyable to listen to than the Batman 89 review. I think the reason is that in the first one, you were doing an interesting movie review with some minor plot holes that uh, were in it down the line, while in the second one, you were doing a plot hole review full of rants and some (laughs) minor mentioning of good things in the movie. When it comes to grading, I support Ian's position. I'm not... Uh, I, too, am not thrilled with Batman who kills people left and right, but I read in that, er- in that in early stories of Bob Kane and Bill Finger, Batman was depicted as a vengeful crime fighter, not hesitant to kill when he saw it as a necessity. So in Burton's films, Batman I see Batman as an anti-hero like the Punisher. 
Nope, nope, yeah. nope. Um, this is a very common misconception with the Golden Age Batman. He did carry a gun. That is true. He did shoot vampires. And according to, I think it was Dan over at the forums, uh, he shot a uh, monstrous giant as well. Batman, um, as far as the Golden Age stories that I've read, has never shot a human. Um, he did punch a guy that fell off some scaffolding and landed, I think, in a vat of chemicals. No, that didn't turn out to be the Joker, though. Um, but it's unclear if Batman meant to knock him off the scaffolding and to his death. Um, after the guy falls, it's just sort of like, oh, he died. Oh, well. And he th and another issue, he threw a vase at someone. It hit the guy in the head, and he stumbled out a window. And once again, Batman was like, oh, well, he died. But, it, you know, did he mean to knock him out the window, or was he just trying to knock him out with the vase? Um, so he has done things that caused people to die. And he was callous about it. But I don't think the intention was there for him to actually murder them. Um, go back and read those classic stories, and if you disagree with me, um, we can talk about it at the forums, because it is definitely open for interpretation. Um, but that's sort of how the modern Batman is. You know, if someone dies, they fall to their death, he sort of grimaces, and the thought is, oh well, they were bad anyways, I tried to save them. Continuing on, but going back to Mystery of the Batwoman, could it be that the excuse for Bruce to date a murderer is only so that he can keep tabs on her, and the fact that Kathy's never... Uh, return could be because after subsequent explosions, she got apprehended, perhaps by the creeper. <laughs> and also, I think that the penguin's right on target when he said, Batman, Batgirl, Batwoman, what is it with this city? The water? <laughs> because as I remember it, there's also a bat porpoise somewhere. <laughs> um, what do you want to say about uh, Batman dating a, a potential killer? You know, uh, did he do it just to keep an eye on her, or was it uh, just bad characterization? What is it? What are your thoughts there? Uh, it looked pretty hot and heavy to me, so I'm going to go with uh, bad characterization. Yeah, yeah, because he's Batman. He doesn't need to date her to keep an eye on her. No, he not at all. Date, well, he's an Ivy. He doesn't date Harley Quinn. So... Or any of the other miscellaneous rogues in the gallery. Right, exactly. Um, and whenever he's found out someone was bad, such as the, what's her name, from Mask of the Phantasm, it ended. The relationship was over. Yep. yep. So, yeah, it's, it's really bad characterization. I'm sorry. He could, he could stalk her as Batman with, without needing to follow her as Bruce at the same time. So, no, not buying it. Sorry. Okay. And another thing, when you reviewed Judgment Day, you weren't pleased with the creators using the same extreme vigilante concept with the judge and lockup. But those aren't the only two. Before lockup, there was the Phantasm, and after the judge, there's the three Batwomen and Payback from Batman Beyond. Mm. Who's Payback? Who's payback? I can't remember. So okay. I, I have not seen much Batman Beyond, truthfully. So We'll find out soon enough, then. So. Yep. Uh, lastly, I want to congratulate you with another part of the DCAU finished. Thank you. Thank you. Next email is from Robert, who writes, Warning, long email ahead. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? I just wanted to give you guys my top ten list encompassing the episodes and coverage of Gotham Knights and Superman the Animated Series. Before you move on to Batman Beyond, 
Number 10, Lana Lang. She really is my uh, one of my favorite Superman the Animated Series characters, and I really wish we got to see more of her, uh, as herself anyway, in the DCAU. I can only surmise as to what caused her and Clark to part ways, but judging from the JLU episode for The Man Who Has Everything, she's more in his mind than he cares to admit, and honestly, I don't blame him. Gotta love the redheads. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I liked what they were doing with Lana and her... Uh few appearances in uh, Superman, and it is a shame that they didn't bring her in more, that they instead focused on the Lois Superman relationship, because they could have done a great thing. Clark and Lana, Lois Superman. With So it's it's a it's technically like a love square, but it's we all know it's really a love triangle going mm-hmm. on, yep. and Clark slash Superman doesn't know what to do. I mean, this is the girl he grew up with, his... his you know, childhood crush. She knows the truth about him and she loves him for who he is. But then there's this other woman over here who's this new thing, but she loves him for Superman. So what's he going to do? You know, that'd make for some great storytelling. And it looked like they had a good grasp on the character, unlike some other programming starring said character. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Um, (laughs) And it was, it was a missed opportunity. Number nine, legacy. I know you two weren't partial to this episode. Uh, actually, I was. I graded an 8. But it's a favorite of mine and set up a, a smorgasbord of continuity and repercussions. Watching Superman kinda kick Darkseid's ass is amazing. Darkseid's I am God line freezes the blood and leaves you speechless. Darkseid says something equally as chilling during Destroyer when he mercilessly cracks Superman's back over his knee. Super or otherwise, you are merely a man, and I am a god. <laughs> Number eight, the Critters Review, a barrel of LOLs. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks to both of you for making it so entertaining. <laughs> we aim to please. Yes. Number seven, Growing Pains. I always feel heartbroken when I watch that bastard clay face murdering that poor girl, Annie. Number six, Old Wounds. We get a great look into the breaking of the dynamic duo and in the process get a nice reminder that Bruce does have a nice side. Number five, Over the Edge. Even though it's essentially perchance to dream, it goes to a whole new level, one which is darker and more exciting. More Nightwing is always good, too. Fantastic voice acting by Bob Hastings and Henry Silva. Number four, Barbara loves slash misses slash wants slash any other verb you want to throw in there. You know the rest. (laughs) That's going to be the legacy of this show. I swear (laughs) to God. Ten years on... Ten years on, we're still going to be getting emails about Teen Titans and Barbara Loves Dick. That, that's 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 it right there. <laughs> oh, Christ. Number three, Nightwing's theme. My favorite piece in the whole DCAU. Narrowly beating out Mask of the Phantasm's theme song and the rock remix of the AOBAR theme in the closing seconds of JLU's epilogue. Number two, how'd they get that into a kid's show? You guys made great catches of innuendos and things that the censors obviously missed or just ignored, making for lots of laughs, but I'm pretty sure one of my favorites was overlooked. In the ultimate thrill, Batgirl calls Batman to inform him that Penguin's been acting as Roxy's fence. Batman asks, and you're sure your sources are good? To which Batgirl uh, replies, depends on your definition of good, but I trust him. The shot pans out to reveal two prostitutes, who also make a cameo in Return of the Joker during the flashback sequence. Furthermore, the blonde girl looks suspiciously like Black Canary. Guess Ollie must be really cash-strapped. Ooh. Wowzers. And num- <laughs> Yes. Number one, as if you didn't know it already, the late Mr. Kent. Woo! I think the closest George Newbern ever got to that level of epic performance was Superman's cardboard world monologue during the JLU series finale. 
Newburn's a great voice actor in his own right, but goodness gracious, I can only imagine what Justice League and JLU would have been like with Tim Daly still in the recording studio. At least Daly's on private practice when I'm in the rare mood to watch it. Honorable mentions go to Mad Love, Legends of the Dark Knight, and Dan Turpin. You guys hear this all the time, but I want to, I just want to thank you for, uh, thank you both for the incredible amount of time and effort you've put into this project. I really appreciate what you're doing, and I hope the two of you will keep it up. For my part, I will be sticking around for Static, Teen, uh, teen Titans, in continuity, peoples. <laughs> and even that, why did they ever produce this crap of the Zeta project? <laughs> P.S. Two quick afterthoughts. Uh, for adult listeners who are thinking about getting into the comics game, uh, I highly recommend two titles from DC's Vertigo line, Fables and Why the Last Man. And number two, what are y'all's thoughts on the ongoing Final Crisis and Batman R.I.P.? I have not read either, so I, I really can't offer any thoughts, unfortunately. I just don't have uh, the time for reading right now. Yeah, I will read both when they are collected. Simply because, you know, Grant Morrison, he's one of those writers where, in my opinion, you should have the complete story in hand before attempting to read the whole thing because otherwise it's not going to make a whole hell of a lot of sense if you're trying to read the monthly installments. And finally today, our last email is from Earth2.net's own Kellen Scribbins, who writes, Hey guys, a couple quick questions as it pertains to your schedule. Number one, will you at any point from here uh, here on in review multiple series the way you did with the new Batman Superman Adventures? I ask since Batman Beyond, Static, Zeta, Justice League, and Teen Titans all ran simultaneously with one another in some form or fashion. On the one hand, it would keep all produced episodes in order for you to review, but on the other hand, it would be confusing as all hell, and the show, all, all the shows in question do not cross over nearly as much as with uh, Gotham Knights and Superman. Right, yeah, the only reason we did Superman and Gotham Knights at the same time is because there were some crossover episodes. Had we finished up Superman the Animated Series and then went to Gotham Knights, we would have started talking about the Tim Drake Robin and the new look for Batman before we actually got to the Tim Drake Robin and the new look for Batman in his own series. So it made sense to do them at the same time. When it comes to the other series, even though they were produced at the same time, they really didn't cross over. So the answer is no. Each one from this point forward will be handled individually. And number two. How will you be reviewing Justice League? As I'm sure you know, with a single exception, all episodes of uh, Justice League were two- or three-parters. Assuming you're going to review the series separately, will it be five full episodes of Justice League for every episode of WFP, or will you modify it so that you're not doubling your workload? Congrats on getting through another series, Kellen. Anytime we come across a three-parter, such as uh, The Savage Time, Secret Origins, Starcrossed, we're going to make those their own episode, just because they're pretty much movies. Right. Um... Besides those, when we're talking about the just a usual episode of Justice League, those were two-parters. And as of right now, this could change, but as of right now, what we're going to do is cover three storylines, so six episodes per episode of World's Finest Podcast. So let's say... Uh, First, we'd cover Secret Origins. That gets its own episode. Then the next episode of World's Finest Podcast would be in Blackest Night, The Enemy Below, then Injustice for All. So much like he did last time when James and I had our Batman the Animated Series revisit, (laughs) our friend, our pal, Ian Wilson, the co-host of For Your Ears Only, has put together a Superman the Animated Series slash Gotham Knights World's Finest Podcast 
retrospective. This is how it started. No, I happen to like women. I'm a woman. And I know someone's going to clip that out and turn that into something. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just see it now. As it was coming out of my mouth, I was thinking to myself, oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> Ian, Ian, paging Ian. <laughs> yes, rather than me again contributing my favorite bits from their podcast out of earth-2.net camaraderie, I appear to have become the official world's finest podcast segment monkey for any time Mike and James say something rude. You sure it's in there? Yes, I'm sure, so shut up and keep squeezing the monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Meanwhile, Ian is listening to this and hurriedly uh, uh, recording it for his <laughs> next uh, little segment he'll send us. He's completely over... Ooh, I almost said dick. Grayson... <laughs> He's completely <laughs> over dick. Oh, oh God. Oh. Ian's going to have a field day. Rape the cat and sodomize the dog? I mean, what? <laughs> Paging Ian Wilson. <laughs> Damn you. I keep forgetting about that. I'm going to follow him because I love dick. Hey, Ian, there's a quote for you. Oh, well, I don't mind. Mainly because I get to cover the good, the bad, and the plug-ugly moments of WFP criticism pertaining to Superman the Animated Series and Batman Gotham Knights. So sit right down and enjoy this plethora of swear words, comical impressions, and naturally, dirty, dirty smut. Uh, I mean their critical appreciation of these wonderful episodes. Oh, because we're covering a little two-part episode called Apocalypse Now. Oh, I love this episode <laughs> so <don't> much. don't say. <laughs> you know, this is one of those episodes where you laugh a couple of times, like, you know, do you want to rev up your Harley? And there's some other gags in there. But still, if you actually examine the comic and then this episode, the whole thing is about spousal abuse. You know, most of the time, I don't want to watch it because I hate seeing Harley abused like that. And that's yeah. not, of course, that's not a knock on the episode. It's just, it's a compliment to the storytelling of the writers. It's old wounds. Woo! <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, this episode, you said it already, is, is just classic. Then again, there were a few stinkers too. And before you ask, critters, unity, and mean seasons. See if you can remember which clip corresponds to each of these quote-unquote episodes. Put the children to bed early because I'm about to unleash a profanity-laced tirade that hasn't been seen since the terrible trio. Robin says, holy cow, we actually see a bull invade a china shop. Uh, Robin says, that's a lot of bull. And then there's the barbecue sauce thing. Hi, I'm Desmond Reddick. Fuck this episode. Yeah, Th this is Superman's The Terrible Trio. Yeah, that's per the perfect analogy. Where the fuck did this woman get a giant mechanical dinosaur? Who built it? And why a dinosaur? What the fuck was that about? But no, let's do a commentary about Farmer Brown and his steroid-enhanced daughter and their stupid fucking chickens. Team cop! <laughs> Yo, kids! Uh, reading is cool! Whatever the hell that kid said. I don't even know what, what the hell did that kid say. That's say. what he said. <laughs> no, I just realized that my head is in my palm. But then there was one particular episode, entitled Warrior Queen, that deserves its own special little montage, thanks to Master Yoda himself, Michael David Sims. I do not like this episode. Screw you! <laughs> <laughs> I love this one! <laughs> I would love to know what in the name of Zatanna the writers were thinking when they made this episode. This episode 
how can you let children watch this episode? And she just gushes in the panties. This episode, really, it's just wrong on so many levels. Why is it wrong? And she wants a husband. Re, she wants to get laid. Woohoo! More on that later. And hey, whilst we're on the subject, let's get this foul, disgusting humour over with. I warn you, this is the longest part of the whole bundle. I hate to bring it down to, like, the most base level, but that's sort of my shtick. Did you notice that one creature that was kind of flat, that kind of curved up, and it had those two bug eyes? You might want to look at that again, because it sort of had a vagina. As we find out later when uh, Ryder, or Creeper, <laughs> falls onto her boobs. Um, but I will say, another thing I'll give this episode, Supergirl upskirt. And Kathy then says, mm, well, maybe an explosion every now and then. Are we to take, are we to infer from this that when she, when Kathy says an explosion every now and then, she means orgasm? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Charlie and Ivy only have one bed. That's all I'm saying. Oh, oh no, I'm thinking of alien bug vagina now. <laughs> no, I think this is, oh this no. Is another one where, and Superman's thinking, I don't remember the last time I got laid. And Kyle's like, I got laid last night and I'm never going to get laid again. When Corbin was ranting on Bluthor's yacht, I really think he was trying to say he couldn't get a hard on. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was Andrea Romano. She's hot. I'm sorry, that was completely random. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. <laughs> Come on, look at her. She's she's an attractive older woman. What am I going to say, you know? Well, well she, okay. <laughs> that big slug, that slime pile of shit creature that, uh, like, hires Lobo and is after him and sends all these these bounty hunters after him, his name is Emperor Spooge. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't know what the word means, it's it means jizz. Yeah. That, that's what it, it, it's a slang for jizz. Uh, and if so, you don't know what jizz is, Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah. UrbanDictionary.com, yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, it there wasn't when she saw the clones. It was when she saw the size of Superman's penis. Meaning he's going to go sneak around uh, Kathy's room through her clothing and, uh, yeah. <laughs> he wants to sniff her panties. That's the end of the story. Pretty much. He hasn't gotten into them yet, and Batman wants to smell her panties. That's it. And Bruce then decides that because she cares so deeply for uh, Dick, that, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> you are going to edit that out, right? No. <laughs> that stays. <laughs> oh, that was glorious. Not even just incestuous animals. We're talking about incestuous alien animals. When she's changing behind that, like, shoe rack or whatever it is, you can clearly see she has no bra on. And that's sort of like, hey, Babs, how's it going? I don't know. Those last, that last, like, minute is pretty memorable in my mind. Woo! Uh, you mean, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> You mean that, right? Yes. If you people have not seen this episode or you haven't seen it in a long time, James really isn't exaggerating. Roxy literally has an orgasm. I am not joking you. Superman definitely is getting Batman sloppy seconds. Sorry for our Netflix and Earth, but that really is what happened here. But frankly, did you deserve that collection of highlights? I know that the hosts don't always start the show in the best of mindsets, particularly James. This morning I woke up and uh, threw up everything I ate last night, so... No. Yeah, that, that was fun. Seriously, in the last week, we have lost five people in our at our front end of our of our supermarket. Mm. So I've been having to cover several different shifts, so I've been getting 
40 hours a week. Oh, my cat just jumped on my computer. No. <laughs> Nikita, damn you, you cutie pie. Your cat's name is Nikita? Uh, I've actually had a pretty good couple of weeks, I have to say. You're still talking in Bizarro speak, right? Because I honestly think you people drove James and Mike berserk sometimes. Me am not your host, James Doe, and with me are not Michael David Sims. Goodbye, James. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye to you too, sir. And what's my proof? So if Superman is strong enough to pull something out of the grip of a black hole, there is nothing on Earth or in the universe that can ever threaten him again. In this episode, Superman is struggling to stop one of the helicopters from falling, and then he's struggling to hold up that, that crumbling overhang. But in the last episode, he had no problem pulling a ship out of a black hole. I took a lot of flack for griping about the black hole helicopter uh, ship thing. No, no, that's more of a mini-arc of quibbling. Uh, no, it was something big. Okay, next one's from Stuart, who writes, uh, uh, Here's an interesting post I read on another forum by this guy named Jay Allman, who, whom I've cited on occasion, who's a university philosophy teacher. He took the time to type out a classical philosophical argumentative proposal concerning whether or not Teen Titans is in continuity. Oh yes, that's right. The bloody Teen Titans continuity debate. Disagreeing with Joker scores I can live with, but when Mike cites this... I went back and I watched the pop-up commentary on this episode. Okay, because it doesn't have your standard audio commentary. It has a pop-up commentary. Mm -hmm. And on it, there were, there were two pop-ups that I found interesting. One of them was completely random and just said dinosaurs are cool. But this, the other pop-up that I want to bring up, and really the last thing I want to say about this episode, is this. I'm going to read what was on screen verbatim, okay? Here we go. Along with Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series established the new DC Animated Universe, which has expanded to include Batman Beyond, Justice League, and Teen Titans. Ha ha! Thank you. The <laughs> argument is over. It's over. Thank you. All right. We win. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> We're going to, oh man, I can't wait to hear the, the email feedback from that one. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, victory is ours. <laughs> can't we all just agree and get along? Okay, Mike, here we go. Uh-huh. No, the argument is not over. It said that Superman the Animated Series established a new DC Animated Universe from Batman the Animated Series, which means that the pop-up is clearly wrong, given that Batman the Animated Series is indeed part of the same universe, if by universe it means continuity, which you clearly believe it to. Therefore, it's saying that Teen Titans is part of a universe, is part of the universe, can't be regarded as valid either, if it actually claims that the DC Animated Universe started with Superman the Animated Series. <sighs> Alright then. Let me compile the arguments together in a way that I think reflects my own personal feelings on this. Whether Teen Titans occurs in the same continuity as the other DC animated series. Objection 1. Teen Titans exhibits a radical aesthetic sensibility and design entirely at odds with other DC animated series. It is impossible to imagine a crossover from this series to another that does not violate the sensibility of one or the other. 
Therefore, they now that I got that off my chest, here's what has been bothering me about why you guys still think Teen Titans is in DCAU continuity. We should note that the subject line of this one was like, you still think Teen Titans is in continuity? And like all these, all capital letters. And when I saw that in the Antbox, I was like, oh, no, no, no. On the contrary, Teen Titans is produced by a creative team that overlaps substantially with the creative teams of the other series. And since that costume isn't that different than the one that Robin is wearing in Teen Titans, that almost gives credence to my my idea that Teen Titans is a prequel. The question of continuity is a highly vexed one, similar in substance to the traditional philosophical question of identification across possible worlds. That is, hey guys, sorry to bring it up again, but Teen Titans isn't in continuity. LOL. Even the DCAU wiki says it isn't. Titans to be identical to the Robin of Batman the Animated Series, which is similar in substance to the question of whether we take the George W. Bush who was elevated to the presidency of the United States in the actual world to be identical to the George W. Bush who was not elevated to the presidency in some possible... Listening to that, I'm like, is that Robin from Teen Titans? You know, the DCAU cartoon, Teen Titans? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're going to get emails. uh, Of course we will. ...is identical to the Robin of Batman, uh, the animated series, unless it can be shown otherwise. Hence, the burden of proof rests upon those who believe the series do not exist in the same continuity. In the absence of any evidence, the presumption must be that the two series uh, share the same continuity. On a related, I still think it's cool to try and make the two continuities coexist, but it's still not in continuity. Well, I, I still hold true that if it's on a DVD, pop-up or audio commentary doesn't matter. It's it's on there, and it says it's in continuity. That means it's in continuity. That's the post that everything is Styles, the look and feel of series. The latter describes connections of cause, event, and identification of characters across series. I agree that Teen Titans and the other DC animated series do not exist in the same aesthetic continuity, quote-unquote. I'm still going to be getting emails five years down the line. No, Teen Titans is not in continuity. I'll be like, I'm 40 years old, leave me alone. BTAS and the new Batman adventures do not exist in the same aesthetic continuity. The former is noirish and more realistic-looking than the latter. However, it is widely accepted that the two series exist in the same narrative continuity, such that it is the same characters appearing in each, with the latter continuing stories begun in the former. The proper comparison between Teen Titans and the other animated series is like the... uh, the So keep sending those emails in, and we'll keep arguing the point. That's right. I found it butter-clenchingly tedious. And what are you going to do about it? Email in to Fiores only and ask me to explain the continuity between all the James Bond films? Ah, <laughs> uh, crap. More humor, quick. At the end, Hatter's back is broken, right? His spine is shattered. Oh, my he's, God. He's never going to walk again, right? You know, in the very beginning of this episode, I thought it was a hilarious opening to this episode with Bizarro saving the tree stump and then everything else getting destroyed. I love Hips McManus. The midget? Yes. Why would a newspaper print, on its front page no less, that a guy who is supposedly a law-abiding citizen is, quote, seeking a new hench girl? <laughs> wow, that doesn't look suspicious at all. My quintessential Lois Lanes are Margot Kidder, Dana Delaney, and Erica Durant. Erica Durant! Okay. Put the crack pipe down! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> And I'm sorry, but uh, I, Married with Children is one of my favorite shows ever, so I'll, I'll just talk about that in, in place of this just utterly boring episode. <laughs> yeah, there's there's the WFP follow-up. We're going to do a Married with Children podcast. Yes. <laughs> there's a fourth little boy, happens to go by the name of Joel, and he's quite fabulous, we'll say. Gee, I wonder who, who he might be lampooning. 
Hopefully, Superman isn't spending all his time sniffing at Lois's hair when she's not looking. <laughs> Although, if Bryant Singer gets another chance, dot, dot, dot. If I had the money to do whatever I wanted, I would do whatever I wanted. I would eat whatever I wanted to eat. I would do whoever I wanted to do. No offense mm-hmm. to Jenny, who's sleeping. It's just, it's just, I just know me, and that's the way I would be. Ivy's eventually defeated and dies, and, uh... You know, I love seeing the calendar go by, so we get to see his months. What are they, pants? Pants, George, and relish. (laughs) (laughs) On the 30th day of pants, Nixie will build a robot that will fail miserably. Speaking of his goons, why does he suddenly have a goon squad with his logo on them? (laughs) Oh, did we mention robot alert, by the way? Oh, that's right, robot alert. Our final robot alert. Quite the uh, will to leave to your yeah. surrogate children there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I leave you this cave. Like these people have nothing better to do than go to executions every Sunday afternoon. I mean, it's like they live in medieval England. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I was going to say I should be sitting on a throne high above my slaves cracking a whip. Oh, sorry. I love how Joker described one of his plans as too Riddler. When it was fresh on the air, I was watching the Powerpuff Girls. I love that cartoon. But don't think that that's negative criticism from Mike and James. This is negative criticism from Mike and James. Okay, so thoughts about Cult of the Cat. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm sorry. What, what, what were we talking about here? Uh, in this episode, Livewire, he planted booby traps inside a sunken ship on the ocean floor. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's just all of a sudden, oh, she's in Smallville, and she's living with the Kents. <laughs> he then disappears in the middle of the night to become Robocop's abject disaster of a twin separated at birth, and... And then, for me, the worst thing they did in this is that they turned X-ray vision into a weapon. That's not what Superman uses X-ray vision for. Jimmy Olsen, Master Sleuth and addressee of Morse Code. <laughs> Uh, okay, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen knows Morse code. I did not know that. Yeah, he was a Boy Scout, you know? <laughs> I guess. I thought Superman was supposed to be the Boy Scout. And he says something to the effect of, it'll burn through anything, even ice. Now, when I think of things that don't melt easily, ice is usually pretty far down on the list. And Superman confides in Hamilton that he didn't realize that Mala was this, quote-unquote, power-hungry. But she took part in a coup! Are you a dumbass? You're telling me that an ordinary garden-variety rope was strangling Superman. I know! What's his face? Edward Leitner. He comes back! Already! They're already double-dipping! Oh my god! You know, I'm glad you said the word venomous, because this guy is like a poor man's venom. You're a douchebag, Superman! Like, what the fuck? Did Brian Singer write this? And that's my main problem with Parasite. They never get this character right, ever. It's al- He's always something different. That's not to say that the hosts don't recognize the good stuff, though. This is the single darkest episode since Sea No Evil. This is a Nightwing episode. Yay, Nightwing! Woo! Yeah, this is arguably the most important episode in the entire DC animated universe. Absolutely. And the thing is, at the time, it was just a Brainiac episode. He's got it, it's virtually a skull face. It's half in shadow. He's got a noose hanging around his neck. Yes, yes. I mean, it is disgusting. When he gets doused with those chemicals, oh. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That puts Matt Hagen to shame. Mm-hmm. 
because when Rudy gets doused with all that crap, you can see his skin bubbling off and his teeth rotting away. This episode and then in Growing Pains really start to build Tim Drake up as a character. Lobo fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is awesome dialogue. I can't own mm-hmm. you? Okay, I'll kill you. <laughs> wow, they they just so nailed Lex Luthor. But speaking of Luthor, I mean, I mean, hey, Superman finally gets to punch Luthor in the face. Yeah, that was neat too. He says, "I'm never gonna be like him." Remember? Right. And now he's he's doing it. He's doing exactly what he swore he would never do. So, yeah, works for me. I like it. Batman, in one of the true defining moments of the DCAU, hurls Superman across the room into a table. After watching this episode, I want Lana and Clark to be together because she loves Clark. You know, Lois loves Superman. You can't deny that. That's who Lois loves. She's married to Clark, but she really does love Superman. Uh, Dana Delaney rules everything. <laughs> Those agents, two of them, were clearly stand-ins for Nick Fury and Dum Dum. The way they portrayed Darkseid here is how I wish they would have portrayed Joker in Batman. Annie and her father... Is it just me, or did they look slightly anime-influenced? Very good, Mike. (laughs) Clark wearing a sling is absolutely priceless. He tells two cops behind him, I can't remember their names, but he says, so-and-so-and-so-and-so, cover me. And if you listen to the commentary, that was a gag, because the people he names were people who did, who inked over Kirby's pencils when Kirby was doing his fourth world stuff. So cover Mm -hmm. me. What do inkers do? They cover someone's pencils. It's a nice little gag. Just going back, that was just an awesome moment of animation there. You just see all the SWAT team, the members of the SWAT team, just coming in and just storming that building. And it's like, yeah, that's fucked up. Tying it to the back grapple and shooting it through the vent? Yeah. Very creative use of the back grapple. Did I not have a grape with it? I thought I did. No, oh, well. you didn't. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> and whilst it may seem like I've mocked the hosts into oblivion and condescended the hell out of people who disagree with the Titans issue, World's Finest Podcast is the only one that I don't host that I never miss an episode of. I, too, am inspired to buy 14 years' worth of cartoons on the back of these reviews, which is no mean feat. So, before I gush in a sickening fashion, I'll leave James and Mike to introduce this final montage. We're all about imitations on this, on World's Finest <laughs> Podcast, you realize. Yeah, in case, in case you're new to the show. No, me, Superman! I want a lawyer! I want a doctor! I want a cheese sandwich! <laughs> and Mercy's like, now that's funny! I'm Carco, I'm evil, wah Like, really? Yeah, you suck ass, too. Had I known one human's death would pain you so, I would have killed more. And kill more yes. shall. Take that agony with you to oblivion, Superman. Oh, I got hit with some radioactivity. Joker gassed me. You know, whatever. <laughs> I mutated. I threw a rock at myself. I mean, <laughs> the man's filled with glee. That man must go free. <laughs> no, me, Superman. McCark! I gotta break off a piece of that. He's like, Caesar Carlini, I haven't seen you in... Wait, I've never seen you before. You need to get out more. That's what this guy is. He's like, give me a billion dollars. Or I will freeze over Australia. I mean... When the muscles start thinking they're the brains, it's time to amputate. (laughs) You can outwit anybody we come across. You can control anybody we come across. And I will break anybody we come across. So Lois then on cue, as after he leaves, says, 
I understand, Lois. Really? You do? Yep, you're a complete moron. Why, thank you, Superman. I think I'm a total loser, too. Swell, Mr. L. <laughs> yeah. Mr. L? Mercy? <laughs> oh, no, she had a little accident. Looking forward to the next project, fellas. Yours sincerely, Adam Fisher. Thank you for that, Ian. That was great. Um, Personally, I think my favorite part of that was the point when... <laughs> when he had you reading that really long uh, email about why Teen Titans was in continuity, and then he was laying other uh, emails and discussions over it. Over it, yeah. That was great. Um, just really, Ian, you know, we, we love when you do those. We really do. Oh, it's just fantastic work, buddy. Uh, I love I love hearing I, some of those I had actually forgotten about. Yes. I, I, and I... Didn't think I would, but uh, I, with the, uh, I loved your sarcasm interspliced throughout. That that even made it that just that much better because it yeah. <laughs> made everything uh, cohesive. Yeah, if, seriously, guys, if you want to hear more of Ian Wilson, and you do want to hear more of Ian Wilson, do go on over to Earth2.net, and uh, the second Thursday of every month on the site, you will find. For your ears only. It's a James Bond-themed podcast, which Ian co-hosts with his pal, Adam Fisher. It's a really great podcast. Um, like I said, you can find it on Earth2.net. You can find it on iTunes. Download this show. You're going to love it. Okay. Uh, how about you and I, we just sort of shoot the shit about Superman, the animated series, and uh, Gotham Knights at this point. Just talk about, you know, our favorite moments in those cartoons, our favorite characters, just whatever comes to mind. Okay. Uh, why don't you start us off with this? Well, I think because it's fresh in my mind, I still have to just stand in awe of just how bad Superman got at the end. Yes. I mean, really, it's it was just flabbergasting, really, how much of a nosedive the show seemed to take, except for a couple episodes here and there. Like uh, in Brightest Day, that was a, pr- a nice little bright spot. And we had, I liked I liked Legacy a lot. I understand. I know I completely understand the the faults you had with it, but mm-hmm. I still consider it a pretty a very good episode. But yeah, by and large, wow. I, I just don't understand what the hell happened there. Yeah, I'm looking at our scores right here. And um, when we started Superman the Animated Series, I'm just going to read our averages, okay? Uh, for the Last Son of Krypton, seven point five. Fun and Game, 7. A Little Piece of Home, 6.5. Feeding Time, 7. And the scores would go on like this. We'd hit the main man with a 10. Um, we'd go to My Girl, 8. Tools of the Trade, 6.5. Two's a Crowd, that got a 6. Okay, not great, but better than average, right? Then we hit Blast from the Past, 3.5. The Promethean, 4.5. The Speed Demons, 5. Livewire, 5.75. But then we come back up with Identity Crisis at 8.5. Uh, Target, 4.5. Mixies Pixelated. Hey, I think I might have pronounced that right. Nine. Very good, Mike. <laughs> then we keep going, but here's where it really takes its no, nosedive. Double Dose, 2.5. Solar Power, 2.5. Um, it's, it comes back up after a few more episodes with Ghost in the Machine. That was an average of 9.5. We go to World's Finest after a few episodes, 10. But then, when... Uh, we started doing Superman the Animated Series and Gotham Knights at the same time. 4.5, 6.5s, 1.5s. There, there was a 9.5. That was the late Mr. Kent. 5.5, 6, 5, 6, 7, uh, down to a 2.5, 3.53. It's like, what was going on with this show? Yeah, when we get to Legacy, it averaged out to a score of 7. You gave it an 8. I gave it a 6. But it was just nosediving. It was in such a tailspin. And that shocked the hell out of me because... 
going in, I really didn't know how I was going to be feeling about Superman the Animated Series. You know, we just came off of Batman the Animated Series. It started this whole universe, and I, so I just... I just didn't know if Superman could live up to the legacy that Batman the Animated Series had left for it. And I thought it started out really strong. I was surprised. And I'm like, all right, if the entire series can stay at this quality, this might be better than Batman the Animated Series, in my opinion. And then just by the end, I was like, oof, no, I don't think it's going to be better than Batman the Animated Series. Um, And I'll tell you right here... um, on an average, you gave Superman the Animated Series a 6.2. Mm-hmm. I gave it a 5.8. Yikes. Uh, compared to Batman the Animated Series, you gave that a 6.1. I gave it a 6. Now, granted, I think we might have bumped that up like a point or so just because it started it all. Right. You know, I, I do. If I'm, I really think we gave it a couple of bonus points. But I am sad that at the end of the day, we averaged out giving Superman the Animated Series a 6.01. That is very sad to me, especially how strong it started. This could have easily been like a 7.25, 7.5, if it would have kept its consistency. But no, no, it bums me. It really does. But, you know, on the flip side, Gotham Knights seemed to start out really weak, and then it got a lot stronger, it seemed, as the episodes went on. Uh, now, of course, we had things like Judgment Day to end it, and we had Mean Seasons in there, and a few other crappy episodes. But I think, by and large, as it went, as it progressed, it started to get a little bit better. Well, here's the thing with Gotham Knights for me. I was super excited going into that, because I had really fond memories of that version of Batman. Yeah. And as I was watching it, I kind of felt ho-hum about the whole experience. It wasn't as good as I remembered. Um, No, it really wasn't. There are some strong episodes. I'm looking at the list here. Double Talk. Um, Let me see what else we have here. Growing Pains. Uh, The Ultimate Thrill. Not the strongest, but we both gave it a 7. Over the Edge. Um, Old Wounds. The Demon Within. Legends of the Dark Knight. Mad Love. Those are really good episodes. But there are some stinkers in there, too. Holiday Nights. Torch um, Song, Love is a Crock, Mean Seasons, Critters, as you already said, Judgment Day. So there's there's this balance there. It's for every one they got right, there was another one that was average and another one that was good. It's 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 really like a a one to one to one ratio there. Yeah, it's kind of shell shocking, actually. You know. Yeah. I, but um. And hang on, let me let me just say one more thing about our scores here. Um, on a whole, you gave Gotham Knights a six point one eight. That actually does include Mystery of the Batwoman, and mm-hmm. I gave it a six point one six. So I, that was another one. I was hoping it to be like a seven, maybe a seven point two five. But truthfully, I'm actually surprised we our averages were that high. Yeah, I thought they'd be in the fives. I actually somewhere, thought so somewhere, too. Somewhere slightly under six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I double checked the numbers today, and this is what they came to. And like I said, that did surprise me there. <sighs> but I don't know. I'm sorry. What, what else were you saying about uh, Batman there? No, I was gonna say um, if there was if you had any uh, favorite characters from each uh, each specific series. Um, well, like uh, one I said, off, you know, like one off characters and stuff oh, like that. One off characters. Um, 
Shoot. Uh, well, I don't know if I can talk about one-off characters. Or, um, or you know, semi, you know, semi-recurring characters sure. too. Sure. You know, already we spoke about Lana, so I, oh, I don't yeah. have much more to say about her. Um, I was surprised by how much Lobo entertained me in his very <laughs> few appearances. Um, does he come back for Justice League or anything? One time. Yep. What's he come back for? Uh, hereafter, where he sort of takes the place of Superman. Right. Everybody thinks <laughs> Superman's dead, and he joins the League. Yes. Oh, it's I'm so great. Um. Yeah, Lobo was fun. Um, you know, okay, we, here, a one-off character just popped into my mind. Annie from Growing Pains. Amen. I mean, I fell in love with that character. I knew what was going to happen to her from the start because I've seen the episode again. I knew I shouldn't get attached to her like I always do, but I did. I did, and then she dies, and it's like, fuck you, Clayface. You know, you just want to kill that son of a bitch. Yep. You so feel for Robin. And speaking of Robin, right there, just the way we saw him grow, he actually grew more in the few episodes he was in in Gotham Knights than Dick Grayson did in all of Batman the Animated Series. Any growth Grayson did, ha ha ha, <laughs> 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 note yeah. that I didn't say, I caught myself there, um, <laughs> was between the series, uh, all of his character development came in... You know, after Flat the flashbacks, anim- right, and after the animated series ended, and in one flashback episode, that was it. Um, so yeah, just just seeing a, a Robin character grow um, makes my heart tingle because, of course, I I love my Robins. Um, what about you? What what characters uh, stuck out for you here? Um, well, going back to our last episode, I love Rocky. She was mm-hmm. great, um, and. You know, for as bad as they screwed him over, I did like Parasite. I just wish they could have gotten him some friggin' continuity, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, and let's see. Uh, Annie, of course. Uh, as I have much more to say about this episode later on. Uh, I'm trying to think of, yeah, of course, Lobo, the main man, uh, was my favorite episode of Superman the Animated Series. It was replaced by another, which, again, I will get to later. Um but I'm trying to think, uh, yeah, you know, Roxy Rocket was actually surprisingly fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really for her, it's it's just all that one moment. Yeah, and, yeah, and it on is. The rocket going to the cliff. That's that's it right there. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just wish, really, that going back to Gotham Knights, that they would have hashed out some of the, uh, the rogues a little better. Because they seem to just kind of write most of them off. So, but yeah, there there were some some really good one-off characters I think that they they threw in there. Um, some ones that I did not care for too much: uh, Jaxor, Mala, mm. duh, duh. Um, Armor Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Punk Goddess uh, Livewire. Ugh. Ugh. God, I cannot stand that character. Have you seen that Livewire figure they're coming out with? The action no. figure? Go to the Earth2.net forums in the most recent um, DC's uh, solicitations thread. Mm-hmm. Um, go into the news section and uh, scroll all the way to the... You know how I break them up into four parts? Uh, yeah. Go to the fourth part of the DC solicitations for December, and there's a Livewire figure coming out. It actually looks pretty good. 
I, it's too bad it's live wire, but it looks pretty good. <laughs> okay. Um, how about you? Any characters you outright hated besides the ones I've mentioned? <laughs> um, before we get to that, I should mention I know he comes back, but I, I loved seeing the demon. Um, that, that oh was man, another, I, how could I forget about Etrigan? Damn. Yeah, that that was another one where he was such a surprise, you know. When they first introduced him all those years ago, when I saw it for the first time, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Well, I don't want to see this guy. Give me some, you know, Batman punching Mr. Freeze in the face or whatever, you know? And yeah. then I, I, I'm watching the episode and I'm like, damn, that character's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Any characters I hated? Um, I, it isn't so much character, a character I hated, again, besides the one you mentioned. It's really, I, I'm more miffed at how the Batman rogues were treated in Gotham Knights. They, a lot of them got really cool redesigns, and that was it. Their characterization, any development that was um, that was born out of Batman the Animated Series disappeared. It, it re, and it was all replaced by a, a new coat of paint. That was it. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of ticked me off. I mean... All of those characters, in my opinion, except for maybe Joker and Harley, really did go downhill. Um, so that was just a sad sight to see. Um, oh, I'll give you a character I hated. Was uh, Lightner, or whatever his name was. Oh, yeah, Luminous. Yeah, oh my god. Ugh. And the fact that they used him... Okay, what episode did he first appear in? Was it... I'm looking uh, at our list here. Was Solar it? Power is his second episode. I can't remember the name. Target. Tar yeah, so there's Target, and then they bring him back just a few episodes later. It's like, really? You need to bring that guy back right away? No, no, forget him. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe more will come to mind later. I'm sure there's people at home going, no, you hated this character. Don't you remember? And it's like, <laughs> no, I really don't. <laughs> I try to forget things i didn't like oh <laughs> uh, how about oh yeah weather wizard he was kind of oh yeah yeah, yeah. i but, have a wand i'm evil <laughs> that's right actually now, there's some yeah. fan of flash sitting at home going you son of a bitch i love the wizard the weather wizard <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite moments in all of our of our wfp episodes covering superman and gotham knights was when you were talking about him being a mustache twirler and you're like i'm going to freeze over australia <laughs> <laughs> I remember just and it was covered in Ian's uh, little montage there and I remembered it and I was just laughing so hard. So now so now we're not doing impersonations of the characters now we're doing impersonations of each other. <laughs> hey, it made me laugh so there. I was oh, it was a compliment. Yes, I know, I know I'm not making fun. I'm just having fun. That's Oh um, yeah. Um now what about some of the villains? We can't overlook some of the villains that came out of uh Superman here. The world begins and ends with Lex Luthor and Darkseid. Especially Luthor. Um, unfortunately, he was com criminally underused in the last half of the series. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I'd still. like to know why they sort of left him by the wayside. I mean, I know they were building this whole thing with Dark Side, but you still could have worked Luthor in from time to time. You know, throw the guy a bone, and they really didn't. He just appeared now and then. Oh, look, there's Lex. Superman punched him, and that was it. You know, it does kind of get made up for because he's the pretty much the backbone villain in all of Justice League. That so. is true, yeah. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, uh, the voice acting, I think, in Superman, by and large, was just amazing. Mm -hmm. The the whole cast, really. Uh, 
I mean, I mean the the regular cast of uh, Daly and Delaney and uh, Clancy Brown and everybody else, and of course uh, Michael Ironside was 110 percent perfect as the voice of Darkseid. Um, yeah, I, I think that's really what I love the most about about Superman uh, was the voice actors. Yeah, they were really good, weren't they? Um, especially compared to Batman the Animated Series. That's not saying they were bad over in Batman the Animated Series. It just seemed like a lot of the Superman actors were stepping their game up just a little more. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't want to speculate as to why that is. It's just sort of the the way I feel about it. Um, but getting back to the villains real quick, I agree with you, you know... Um, Lex Luthor was awesome, especially in the beginning of the series. Darkseid was just a total badass. Um, I liked, for the most part, what they did with Brainiac. Because um, he, too, would become a major force in uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think um, if there are any other Superman villains that are really sticking out for me. Mixie was funny from time to time. Um, Mixie's pixelated was hilarious. That whole episode. Oh, the whole episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant, I'm sorry. I misunderstood what you meant. I thought you meant the character all around. Oh, Cause like I said, he got a little tired. After well, a the second, yeah, the second episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause how many episodes was he in three? Two, I think. Oh, what? I don't think he was in a third episode, was he? Oh, was he? Uh, Mixie's Pixelated and um, the one with Bizarro. Oh, the only for one I... some reason, I thought Mixie had two by himself and then one with Bizarro. So, okay. Um, I thought Bizarro... You know, Bizarro in Superman sort of straddles the fence. He's, a, he's an antagonist, but he's not a villain. Because he yeah. is trying to do good. And he was another character that did surprise me. Um, I wasn't expecting to fall in love with him, to feel bad for him, um, especially at the end of, you know, his first appearance when he realizes that he's not Superman, that Superman wouldn't hurt Lois, he wouldn't even put her in danger, and he knows that he has to sacrifice himself, God, I'm welling up right here talking about it, to, to save the real Superman and Lois Lane, that's, that's heartbreaking, um, I've never been a super big fan of the Bizarro character in the comics, but here in the cartoon, they made him work. Um, what about villains from uh, Gotham Knights? Uh, Ventriloquist, Scarface. Mm-hmm. Woo! They were done great, mm-hmm. uh, or very, very well. Um, the episode Double Talk was... I, I never expected to like that episode as much as I did. I mean, I, I figured it was a pretty good episode because... By and large, most Scarface episodes are are pretty fun to watch, but I wasn't expecting uh, as solid and very creepy an episode as that was. So yeah, definitely th- throw him on the uh, the good pile. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, we just have to go back to the vast majority of the Rogues Gallery not really being utilized very well at all. Yeah, they were shortchanged. Uh, Mad Hatter was was uh, again just thrown into the trash heap, really. Uh, Riddler wasn't used at all. Um, Did did Hatter have an episode in Gotham Knights? Animal Act. Animal Act. Which one was that? He he controls the uh, animals with the computer chips. Oh, crap. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, okay. You're lucky. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That that episode makes me want to cry. Yeah. But, yeah, they... 
Hatter was just another villain that they just never really were able to write very well anyway. Mm-hmm. But you're uh, right, what you said about the Riddler, you're right about that. He yeah. he had an appearance here and there, but that was it for him. Yeah. Uh, 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 what I, liked, see, I liked some of the redesigns, like Penguin's redesign was great. I'm glad they actually made him look human. Uh, Bane's S&M <laughs> look was actually very good. Um, and I liked his character uh, as a whole. You did. You you liked the way they did Bane here. I think so. I don't. I can't remember now. I remember, of course, he was in Mystery of the Batwoman, and yeah. uh, his uh, dialogue was very uh, s- suspicious, <laughs> shall we say? But yeah. uh, but I think, uh, as we said in the last episode, uh, that his fight scenes with Batman were epic. Yeah. Um. But. Um. Yeah, but then, of course, when Superman shows up, he just owns Bane, so it's right. like, yeah. Now, what about, excuse me, let me get the pen out of my mouth. Now, what about Harley Quinn? Because I feel she really took a step up from um, Batman the Animated Series. Um, yes, I'll say ten steps. Mm-hmm. She was she was really the character, the villain character in Gotham Knights that they got right every time, pretty much. I Every episode she was in was uh, her performance was great. Now, I didn't so much care for the girls' night out episode. I thought uh, that that wasn't a very uh, uh, wasn't a great episode, but it wasn't bad. Her her portrayal wasn't bad, and of course, you know, Mad Love and Beware the Creeper. There were her performances for the vast majority were very very good in in Gotham Knights, and she I think was the character that got away with the most... a villain character that got away with the most development in all of Gotham Knights. She is well-developed, isn't she? Isn't she? Yes, she is. (laughs) As uh, uh, Jack Ryder found out. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know, let me... This is a bit of a tangent. I was watching an episode of uh, Enterprise, that short-lived Star Trek prequel series, Mm -hmm. the other day, and uh, you know who T'Pol is, don't you? The, The sexy kind of Vulcan female that was on the ship. Um, well, there was an episode where her and Captain Archer, um, who most people know as Dr. Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap, um, he, uh, they, 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 he and she were trapped on a planet and they were tied back to back and they were, they were able to loosen their ropes and they got face to face and they were trying to wiggle out of them and, uh, they end up toppling over and she lands on top of him with her chest right in his face. <laughs> and I couldn't help but think of Beware the Creeper. Because <laughs> it's one of those moments that it's really uncomfortable. I mean, he's not reveling in it like uh, the Creeper was. But at the same time, you know, Captain Archer, he might be a little nervous about having his face in a, in a Vulcan's chest. But at the same time, he doesn't mind it. Um, but then you've got T'Pol, who's, you know, the emotionless Vulcan character, who is just... Sort of like, it, it's funny because she actually gets a little annoyed at the situation, even though she isn't supposed to have emotions. And she was pretty much like Harley in that scene. Oh. I, I love when I'm watching other programs and anything from the DCAU bleeds in. <laughs> it shows you it's always on my mind, people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ever since I've started uh, co-hosting this podcast, I think about the DCAU all the damn time yeah. just in, in real life. And I think I have to because it... It takes me away from the mundaneness of my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So what else? 
about how about some favorite episodes? Um, I'm going to start with um, just the uh, Gotham Knights uh, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, Double Talk, great episode. Because um, that's, if I remember correctly, that's where we left Ventriloquist, right? Yes. So right there, they took a villain. They had this pretty good story arc with him. And he's he's cured pretty much by the end of it. Um, cause anytime we see him in episodes after that in Gotham Knights, it's either, it's a dream sequence or a fantasy or something, right? Yeah. Cause we and... see him in Over the Edge, don't we? Yes. But, so that doesn't count. Do we see him in anything else besides that? I mean, he's in the alternate universe in Justice League, but okay. that doesn't count either, so. Okay, yeah, so here's a villain that made it. You know, he, he, he got away and, I like that, and that episode right there leaves him in a good place. Um, I've, I've said it before, and I'll praise this episode to the end of time. Growing Pains, you know, it didn't get a perfect 10 from me. It did get a 9, but still, it is such an emotionally charged episode. Um, in terms of emotion, I don't know if there's one that's any more powerful than that one in uh, Gotham Knights and maybe even uh, Batman the Animated Series. I won't speak about the rest of the DCAU at this point because um, it's foggy to me. It's been a long time since I've seen some of it, and some of it I haven't even seen. Um, but oh, and there are some very emotionally charged episodes in Justice League. But so. Growing Pains, at the very least, will be in my most likely my top three um, I, I gotta suspect in terms of, uh, emotion, you know, along those same lines, you know, old wounds, of course it is emotional. Um, I just, I just feel growing pains is more emotional for me. Yeah. Um, over the edge, uh, you know, I, I didn't give it a 10 or even a nine. I did give it an eight. Uh, yes, I know I was penalizing it because, you know, it turns out it's a dream and oh God, dream sequences, boo to them. But still it is a powerful episode. Um, what else? Mad Love. I don't need to say anything else about Mad Love. Um, Legends of the Dark Knight is just a great, you know, we both give it 10, so I'll say perfect episode. Not so much for the emotion it brings to the table, but just the respect it gives to the characters and to the world and to the creators of Batman throughout his, what, 70 years now. Um, so off the top of my head, those are my uh, Gotham Knights episodes. What about you? And then we'll transition over to Superman. Well, you named four of my top five. <laughs> uh, the uh, my favorite is Growing Pains. Mm-hmm. That is my I that is my favorite episode of Gotham Knights. Looking back on it, um, everything about it is just you just you want to cry for Annie and for Tim Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, after that would be Legends of the Dark Knight. That was my, my number. Two episode after that, uh, the Demon Within. Oh that, yeah, yeah. That was that's my number three. Uh, I love that episode. It's it's awesome to see Batman out of his element, but seeing that he knows he really does know what he's doing mm-hmm. by uh, wielding magic because he apparently they they pretty much infer that he was studying under Jason Blood, and that that's that's nice because over in Superman when you have the magic the magician they have no continuity with him and superman even though they say oh same old dr fate so here with the the magician they actually show that there is a a a history with uh bruce wayne and jason blood 
Um, and my four and five are old wounds and double talk, and I think you said everything that needs to be said about those. <laughs> now, what about uh, Superman there? Superman. Now, of course, I said before when we reviewed the main man, I, t- I said that that was my favorite episode when I was first watching Superman back in the 90s. And it's my number two episode now, replaced by the late Mr. Kent. Um, that episode is the most brilliantly produced uh, episodes of any show I've ever seen. Um, the character development, the, the acting, everything about it is just – it is enjoyable on a level that I didn't think was possible before Justice League. And it was it was nice because we don't really see Superman all that much. It's mostly – it's a Clark Kent story by and large, and it's it's creepy in places. It's It has a little bit of humor here and there which we need because in such a serious episode you have to have some kind of uh, humor or else everybody just, you know, it becomes like uh, a Shakespearean tragedy where you can't, you just can't laugh at anything. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I love that episode to death. And to this point, it might be my favorite episode that we have covered so far uh, of, any, of any show, Batman the Animated Series, Gotham Knights, uh, Superman, all of it so far. And, of course, I said after that, the main man, that episode or episodes are are so much fun to watch. The humor, it, it's it's nonstop humor, but it's, like you said when we reviewed it, it's a Superman uh, intergalactic adventure like we would expect to see. Mm-hmm. And that they were able to get Lobo in there and to have it be such a funny episode along with the action is, is great. And I, I love that episode to death. Um, my third favorite, again, another humor episode would be Mixie's Pixelated. I didn't expect it, I did not expect that episode to be as funny as it was. Yeah. It, but, and it had a lot of great references to, uh, you know, the Siegel and Schuster and, um, and, uh, the comics in the newspaper and, uh, just, a, it was a great, uh, testament to, um, the creators of Superman because they, did all kinds of callbacks to yeah. Mixie's origin and everything. Yeah, Mixie's Pixelated is sort of like the Legends of the Dark Knight for Superman the Animated Series. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, and after that, my fourth favorite would be Apocalypse Now. Uh, I mean, what can you say? <laughs> Dan, Dan Turpin, my god. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to say. That episode just leaves me speechless every time I watch it. And, you know, like I admitted, I shed a tear every time I see the end of it with the, the piano playing at uh, Turpin's funeral. Um, and I think my the last episode I want to mention is uh, Ghost of the Machine. It's like it's like we said, it's the most it's maybe the most important episode uh, ever in the in DC animated universe. So, yeah, those are my five. How about you? For me, um I don't know if I'm going to limit, limit it to five, um, and I don't know if these are going to be in any particular order, but you know, you said some of these. The main man. It's just a fun Superman in space kicking the shit out of things with another alien at his side, sometimes not at his side, <laughs> action adventure story. You know, it's just funny. It's Their stuff blows up. You know, <laughs> Superman gets to play the straight man to Lobo, but sometimes he gets the gag in on Lobo, too. Um, you know, we gave it tens, but no, it's not the perfect episode, because remember, we both complained about there being that pit. 
Yeah. You know, okay, so fine. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not perfect, but we can still give it a 10 just because of the amount of fun that we had watching it. Um, you know, I will say Mixie's Pixelated is another uh, funny episode, and I agree with you. It wasn't one that I really expected to enjoy that much. Um, I'm actually surprised you skipped this one, World's Finest. Well, you know, it was it pretty much counted as a movie. I didn't count okay. it as an, as an episode per se. Okay. But of course, that should go without saying, really. Right. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that one right there is tied for me in terms of most important um, episode. Uh, you know, because you have to count that because that's where the universes come together. That's when you know yes. they are in the same world. But you do have to have Ghost in the Machine up there, too, because of what it does to the DCAU several years down the line. Um, the late Mr. Kent, I agree with everything you said. I mean, it, it just has this pulpy sort of 40s feel to it, yet it doesn't go overboard with it. Um, and that ending is just shit your pants. Oh my God. Wow. Like that is truly the biggest, how did they get away with that moment? Um, even more so than would you like some of my pie? I, I it truly is. I mean, they killed a guy. And yeah. I, okay. Yeah. They killed Turpin too, but this was a, a cop in an electric chair. My God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Turpin, you could maybe say, vanished maybe he was transported to apocalypse we know that didn't happen but you could maybe say that this guy is in an electric oh excuse me no he's not an electric chair he's, he's in, in a gas, gas chamber. chamber pardon me but still he's in in the death chamber my <laughs> um, <laughs> and like i said the most the thing i love most about that moment is besides the uh lever being pulled is his bloodshot eyes as he realizes yeah. who who clark kent is uh-huh uh. <laughs> um let's see apocalypse now is great just because it's so damn epic um and this one i'm gonna give it an honorable mention it didn't get the highest score from me but it got a surprisingly high score from me can you guess which one i'm talking about mm. come on think about it well i i wish i had a list of episodes in front of me it oh, might make this a little easier okay. but, uh... warrior queen <laughs> I, I sh yeah, I should have known. <laughs> that was another one, like the Lobo one. You know, it wasn't as fun as Lobo, but it's Superman in space, kicking the shit out of some aliens. There's, you know, this red-headed nymph who wants him. It's, I stand by she my score. She wants him bad. Yes, I gave it a seven. You gave it a five. I stand by that seven. I really <laughs> do. Um, it had its moments. <laughs> and I think that's it for ones that really stand out for me. I mean, I will say in Brightest Day, we both gave a strong episode, um, but Warrior Queen stands out a little more for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why. I don't know. <laughs> now, um, on the other side of the coin, how about some most hated episodes, starting with Gotham Knights? Oh my god, uh, do we have to do this one? Oh. Yes, we do. We get, we're, we're equal opportunity here, you realize. Uh, well. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll start. Um, yeah, Mean Seasons, mm -hmm. God, <laughs> just everything about that episode is just pathetic. It, it, nothing, nothing makes any sense. Uh, Batman trips over a goddamn chair. It's, there's a freaking dinosaur running around. Barbara Gordon's able to somehow corral it. Um, yeah, it, it, 
uh, my head hurts. Yeah. Um, Holiday Nights, why the hell that uh, that episode introduced us to Gotham Knights, yeah. I will never understand. Just, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to move on. Uh, yeah. And I, the, the last episode of the series, the first episode and the last episode, Judgment Day. Uh, just it, it wasn't a horrific episode. It was just why? Why did that episode end the series? Right. And that's pretty bad when you have to ask why a certain episode began the series and why a certain episode ended the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, those three are the the three worst, I think, in my mind at this point, anyway. Yeah, for me, and I'll agree with you on Holiday Nights. I think maybe if it hadn't started the series i would have given it a slightly higher score we each gave it threes maybe i would have given it a four or five if it wasn't our reintroduction but that's where they placed it so it has to be judged accordingly i think um torch song that was another one that was just weak i mean it could have been good i mean you've got this you've got this rock star and you've got her roadie ex-boyfriend who's a pyrotechnic you know, kind of pyromaniac freak. You get Batman involved. You know, that is the the makings of a decent Batman story. But then it just crumbles. I oh. can't believe we didn't mention Firefly in our little <laughs> villains we didn't like segment a few minutes ago. That's true. I, 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 I wow, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and that actually brings... I'm sorry to interrupt, but that brings me to one of my... Another one of my favorite moments of our WFP uh, reviewing when we were talking about him burning through ice yeah. and and literally for a minute afterwards I couldn't think of anything to say because I was just so dumbfounded by that whole scene I I, I couldn't gather my thoughts at all yeah. and and I know Ian put a, a portion of that in there but he he should have put in the uh, the rest of it where I'm just like um um uh, it, oh, I can't think of what to say oh, oh God. <laughs> I, I agree with you with Mean Seasons. It's just, it's just, why? Just why was that even made? Um, Critters, you know, I, I get what they were going for, and I had a great time reviewing it, but what the fuck? That was my dishonorable mention for the most hated episodes. Yeah. And, you know, Judgment Day. I, I have to agree with you on that one, too. It's just, it was redundant. Because we had seen characters like that before. There were tons of plot holes, which I had mentioned when we reviewed it. How was Harvey doing A while he was doing B? It, yeah, that doesn't the, make any sense. Yeah, the um, whole episode starts with a, a time error of mammoth purport, proportions, mm-hmm. where five seconds he's able to chain up a bunch of people and change wardrobe and... Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, um... So yeah, for for Gotham Knights, those are kind of my, uh, to use your phrase, dishonorable mentions there. Now, what about Superman? Um, prototype. <laughs> the entire back half of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we just go ahead and say that? Jeez, prototype first and foremost. That episode, that character, uh, Mills. I can't remember his first name, but it doesn't matter. Um, one of the worst. There's I, another one. I can't believe I didn't mention in our villains. I hated. Uh, that guy was one of the worst characters I have ever seen. Everything about there's nothing about him that is interesting, or that makes sense. Um, it's just a completely nonsensical, annoying character. Um, wait, double dose. Wait, wait, wait. 
Huh. Okay, th- huh? this shows you how much of an impact uh, Prototype had on my life. I don't remember that episode. What was that episode? Mil- where the robotic battlesuit takes over the guy's mind. Oh, my God. That- <laughs> I'm looking at the sheet, and you gave it a one. I gave it a two, and I'm like, what is it? When you started talking about it, I thought it might have been the, uh, the the first appearance of Steel, thinking, oh, Prototype, his outfit. It was. And well, it was the first appearance of John Henry. Irons. Right, but I meant steel, the, the, the right. episode with Steel and Metallo. Which one was that? That yeah. was, uh, crap, what the hell is the name? Heavy Metal, I think. Is that it? I'm looking at the list. I don't see it. Where the hell is it? Oh, yeah, Heavy Metal. You're right. Um, Yo, dude, I just mess, uh, did something to Hood or whatever the <laughs> hell. <laughs> Metallo is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my Metallo's, God. Metallo's... Uh, Urban hip speak, yeah, yeah. But you talk about prototype, and I'm like, this—he's not talking about the steel episode. What is he talking about? And nothing was ringing a bell. <laughs> <laughs> See, oh. and that's another instance where I think you're lucky that you were able to forget about that episode. I can't because it's such an atrocious episode. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, and then like uh, uh, double dose. That episode, it's just wrong on so many levels and what the hell was double dose that was parasite and uh and live wire team up tag team Woo! no that's right that's the one where rudy is all of a sudden a rapist right yeah yeah he wants he wants to get a piece of that (laughs) oh god can you remember these Stop it. <laughs> no, I can't because I have to bring up Unity next. Mm. <sighs> yeah, that, that's all I need to say is Unity. Pretty much everybody knows what you're talking about when you say that now. Um, yeah, X-ray vision is uh, apparently a lethal mm-hmm. force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. But remember, it can give you cancer if you're exposed to it for, <laughs> a, for a couple hours. Uh <sighs> How about you? Or should uh, I? Or should, should we just move on because of those three? That... No, there, there's one or two I have to add to the list. Some okay. we really disagreed on too, um, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Of course, I got to mention solar power. Oh yeah, I, I hate that's that's the Lightner one, the Return yeah. of Lightner, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just don't like that character. Kill him, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with all the ones you mentioned. Obviously, I couldn't even remember them, so I must have hated them. Um, absolute power. Uh, the return of Jack Sewer and Mala and the infamous Black Hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing we might be remembered for above yeah, all other true. things. <laughs> and, and, and the Demon Reborn. My God. I have some, I'll have some things to say about that later. Don't worry. I, I do too. Trust me, I do too. But that episode blows so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what else do you want to say about these shows? Not really a whole lot that I can think of, but I'm sure that when we move on here, I'll remember some other things. So okay. it's just it's just short, short, uh, short memory loss like I always have. <laughs> so you want to transition over to our uh, rescoring then? Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and do that. It's, uh, this is always interesting. Okay, so now I know you and I, we chose some of the same episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we start with some of those? Let's talk about nighttime. You initially, let me double check here, you gave it, what the, where, where is it? Where is it? Oh my God, I lost it. You gave it an eight, didn't I? I don't know, I can't find it all of a sudden. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know why? That's because I'm looking at the Batman episodes. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, nighttime. You gave yes. You gave an eight, and I gave a six. Yeah, I'm just I'm lowering it one point to a seven, and really it just it's really because uh, looking back on it, 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 how they treated the villains, um, Superman just running roughshod through them. But not even so much that, just how they had Riddler there for absolutely no reason. Hatter, you could kind of understand with Bane talking about, look, you can control the people that oppose us. I can break the people that oppose us. But Riddler is just like in trap, okay? Why would you need to trap them if you can control them or break them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, I'm just going to lower it to a seven, but I still I still do like the episode. Um, having rewatched it, um, I will admit it was a little more fun than I initially gave it credit for. Um, initially I gave it a six, so I am bumping it up to a seven. Um, one other thing I want to say about this one is there's actually a very subtle clue as to who the villain of that episode is kind of early on in the episode. Remember when Superman dressed as Batman and Robin go to Bruce's office to try to figure out what may have happened to him. And that's when Mm -hmm. Superman discovers the nanites, right? Well, when he picks up the sheet of paper with the nanites on it, there's three nanites on it, and they start coming together, and they form an upside-down triangle, which, of course, is Brainiac's symbol. Two circles at the top and one at the bottom point. Right. And I, I never noticed that. Did you notice that? Did you no, mention I did. that? No, I didn't notice that at all. Okay, yeah, I, I didn't know if you had mentioned it in our initial review or not, but when I saw it this time, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It, it, it could be a coincidence, but I doubt it. Three nanites forming an upside-down triangle, that's not a coincidence. Um, but anyway, so the next one we uh, both kind of agreed needed to be rescored was the Demon Reborn. Yeah. Or I shouldn't um, say agreed needed to be rescored, but agreed we would sort of look at again. Yeah, that... Looking back on it, I hideously overgraded it. Yeah, I know. You can uh, cheer now. I'm <laughs> lowering it down to the average of five. Wow, um, that's a, a two-point drop. Wow. Yeah, it's – you were right. I, I think – I never – I don't really – I didn't mention the animation so much, I think, because I was just like, hey, I'm a r- big Rachel Ghoul fan. Everybody knows that. Um, and I think I was blinded by that, and I didn't look at the animation too much, which was an eyesore going, looking back on it. Yeah. So – yeah, I'm going to lower it to a five, and that's where I'm going to keep it. Yeah, I. this was one of those episodes where I, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to watch this one again and see if I was being too harsh on it. And I gave it a two, and I'm like, well, at the end of the day, what am I going to end up bumping it up to, a three or a four? I don't see it getting higher than that because I hated the episode as a whole. I hated where it left Raish. That's something else, of course, we got to bring up is just right. Rachel Ghoul, his end comes as the Hulk in a Superman episode. What the fuck is up with that? Um, but as I was watching that episode, I'm like, you know what? This really is as boring and as bad as I remember it being. So even though I thought I was going to bump it up at least one point, I can't. My grade has to stay the same on that one. Okay. Um, so yeah, two right there. Um, so now let's move over to Gotham Knights. Now, what were the Gotham Knights episodes you chose? Um, I'm gonna start with Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm lowering this one to a four because I think at the time when we were discussing it and we brought up Lockup, I hadn't adjusted my score mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, for that, and I'm lowering it a point because of that. And I think you did the same thing during that. Yeah. At the end there, you lowered it from a five to a four. I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm lowering it to a four, okay. and that's why. Oh, why don't you do? Because you chose four Batmans, and I chose two Batmans. So why don't you okay. do more Batman, and then I'll come in with one. You can do your two, and then I'll do my one. Okay. And next one, another lowering. <laughs> Boy, this is this is bad. I have not raised a grade yet. Um, Holiday nights. I'm lowering it to a two. I, I back when we first did that, I was I, even then I was like, man, I I am overgrading this. I know, <laughs> but yeah, I'm lowering it to a two. And it's really because Tim Drake is there, and he got introduced <laughs> an episode later. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that that cannot be overlooked. So, uh, yeah, I'm lowering that to a two. Okay. Um, I am going to start with Girls' Night Out. I initially gave this one an eight. And I still think it is a fun episode that uh, takes a look at some of these characters that don't get to have the spotlight. You know, that being mm-hmm. Supergirl and... Batgirl. But upon rewatching it, I'm like, you know what? It wasn't as good as as I remember it. Um, that still doesn't mean it's bad by any means. I mean, it's coming from an eight to a seven. A seven is a really respectable score. Um, I, used, I was just a little too high on it at the time. It's probably because it had, you know what? It had two redheads in the form of Babs and Ivy. It had Harley in it. And, well, we'll forget about Livewire. So it had three lovely ladies. And a Supergirl upskirt. (laughs) I forgot about the Supergirl upskirt. That's right. (laughs) Okay, so what were the other uh, Gotham Knights episodes you wanted to uh, rescore here? Okay, and um, it pains me, pains me to have to raise this score. (laughs) Mean Seasons. I am raising it to a 0.5. Yeah, and that should tell you something that I'm paying to raise it a half a point. Because. What? Raising it a half a point? Yeah, yeah. And the only, the only reason why. Can you. Alright, Mike, I'm gonna let you, you. Can you guess what the only reason why is? Because it's not the terrible trio. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Mean Seasons. You're out of the fucking cellar. <laughs> that is an awesome reason to raise the score. It's not the terrible trio. Oh, my God, that's gold. <laughs> uh, I, I, My heart hurts right now. Uh, yeah, .5, and, that's, and that is all I'm going to say about that. Okay, so what was the, uh, I believe, last Gotham Knights episode you wanted to rescore? Um, Growing Pains. I am raising it to a 10. Cool. Because, I, that is, like I said a few minutes ago, it's my, it became my favorite episode of that series. Um, I, I, can't, uh, I can't give it a 9. I, and, it, of course, 9 isn't, isn't a fantastic score. But um, just the overall demeanor of the episode and what it does for Tim Drake and the character of Annie and getting us to hate Clayface even more than we may have already been hating him. Yeah, I I cannot justify not giving that. It's not a perfect episode, I don't think, but it's it's just a brilliant, brilliant episode. 
and I'm going to give it, I'm raising it to a 10. You know what? I'm going to be honest here. When I sat down to um, rescore these episodes, I initially had, like you, two Superman episodes and four Gotham Knights. And um, I didn't uh, take a look at all four of the Gotham Knights episodes I wanted to because I figured the episode, the two episodes I left off my list were Growing Pains and Old Wounds, episodes I gave nines. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe they deserve tens, but I don't know. I think I'm just going to leave them at nines. But now that you're talking about Growing Pains again, I'm like, man, I really should have went back and rewatched that one <laughs> to see <laughs> if I should have bumped it up to a ten. Um I don't know. I don't know how we're going to handle our final episode, what we're going to do in the world's finest recap. If we're going to go back and maybe reevaluate some episodes all over again, you know, where we can reevaluate things from Batman and Gotham Knights and Superman and Justice League. You know what I'm saying? Just sort of do a catch all. Mm -hmm. At that point, maybe I'll bump up Growing Pains to a 10. Um, I probably should just do it right here, right now. But I do want to give it another watch because do you remember why I gave it a nine? There was a problem I had with it. Was it the biker gang thing that I didn't yeah, like the rape? Yeah, that was yeah, that was the, your main problem was the biker gang, um, yeah, maybe which I, I I completely understand. Yeah. Um, but I think in uh, yeah, and it is. It's very it's very tough to watch. We know exactly what they were going to do, but I think within the context of the episode, it did fit. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it bothers me but not as much as it did i think when we first watched it because i can just accept it as with it's it's a ridiculously dark episode yeah and so i mean look look go back and look at see no evil that episode the guy's a child molester mm-hmm. so um you know it's i can't i mean i can't not count off see no evil for it and count off for it on growing pains oh, so yeah that, I, I guess that's the way i'm going to justify that but yeah that's it, it. It bothers me a little bit just because of, of what the hell was going to happen to poor Annie. Right. But within the context of the episode, I'm gonna I can accept it as part of a, a really really dark episode. Okay. Okay. Well, like I said, I'm gonna stick with my nine for now, but we'll see if that goes up to a ten if we get a chance to come back to Gotham Knights by the end. Um, the last one um, I am gonna rescore here though is Chemistry. Initially, I gave this one a seven. Um, and I still do like this episode. I like what it was trying to do, but something I noticed in the, uh, second viewing here is that it doesn't really build the relationship between Bruce and the plant woman whose name I can't remember. Susan. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's no real romance there. So yeah, that is going from a seven down to a six. Sometimes there are no happy endings. We'll book them on the robberies in B&E, right? Anything else? Yeah. Murder. Feedback in the form of emails and MP3s can be sent to feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. That's feedback at worldsfinestpodcast.com. Next time on World's Finest Podcast, we'll discuss five episodes from Batman Beyond. Those being Rebirth, 
Blackout, Gollum, The Winning Edge, and Dead Man's Hand. For James Doe, I'm Michael David Sims saying thank you for listening to World's Finest Podcast.